the OCD and Anxiety Podcast by Robert James Coaching. Hello and welcome to the OCD and Anxiety Podcast, where we explore how to have a more positive relationship with anxiety disorders, taking back control so that you can start living the life you choose and not the one chosen by your fears. Hello and welcome to episode 274. I hope that you guys are doing marvellously well today. If you are struggling with OCD or anxiety, then you can get a free session with me to get that. You can head over to my website, uh, which is robertjamescoaching.com. There you can send me a message and you can let me know uh, about what you're struggling with. Or if you prefer, you can just book that free session directly uh, through my website. Now, in today's podcast... Um, we're going to be focusing today on on alcohol, and to do this, um, I interviewed uh, Sarah. Sarah is the founder of uh, No More Wasted Days. Um, after Sarah quit drinking on her own, she cautiously uh, shared her alcohol-free journey on her personal Facebook page and realized there were people out there struggling with their relationship with alcohol, uh, just like she had. Um, She decided to run a 30-day alcohol-free challenge with her friends and family and was surprised at how many people had success with the challenge. After this initial 30-day alcohol-free challenge, Sarah worked to share as much content as she could online to help others see uh, that they weren't alone in their struggles with alcohol. And she worked hard to um, to put all of her experiences, knowledge, tips and tricks together in an online course. This is now her signature alcohol-free challenge that has helped over 400 plus people reevaluate their relationship with alcohol. Um, if you want to find out more about Sarah, uh, you can find her on Instagram at no underscore more underscore wasted underscore days. And you can also find her on TikTok or you can uh, check out her website, um, nomorewasteddays.co. Um, I think you'll find it's a really um, interesting and helpful conversation because alcohol um, tends to be something that for many people, um, it can go under the radar. We, we focus on so many things when it comes to anxiety and OCD. Um, you know, and sometimes we can actually just neglect the glaringly obvious. And, you know, if you do drink just a little bit too much, um, you know, that can really affect um, how you're able to deal and manage with your OCD and anxiety in, in the long run. Um, you know, I know this from my own personal experiences. Um, these days, thankfully, you know, I drink a lot less and um, it definitely helps me. Um, you know, as to whether in the future I might like to to stop altogether, um, that's potentially something that I would look into doing. But, um, you know, something that we talk about today is actually taking a 30-day challenge to try to stop drinking. And that certainly is a very good idea. Um, so, yeah, we cover lots of different ground today in regards to, to why, you know, why it is so helpful uh, to to have a break from drinking to perhaps reassess your you know your drinking habits if you do drink at all um so yeah i really do hope that you find it helpful as always if you have any questions at all 
please do feel free to let me know. And I really hope that you enjoy. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you on. So to to start off with, um, could you just kind of tell us a, a little bit about yourself, please? So I actually live in Washington State. My husband and I have taken on a house build on our own that we've wow. been working on for the past two years. But beyond that, we both quit drinking um, almost four years ago. It'll be in May, May 13th, 2019, up 2023, I'll hit my four year mark. So, um, and it literally changed both of our lives. And I think it changed my life in a lot of ways that I was not expecting. And one of the ways that it changed it was my anxiety went down so much. I was really struggling with anxiety and watching it grow slowly out of control, out of my own control and not having tools to fix it and starting to talk to doctors about what to do. And no one ever suggested, why don't you quit drinking? It was never, it was never even really brought up. And I finally quit drinking for totally different reasons. I did it because I just was not happy with my relationship with alcohol. I was watching it slowly grow more and more out of control, out of my own control. And I was like, something's got to give. So I'll, I'll quit for 30 days was my initial thought. I'll just quit for 30 days to prove I don't have a problem, to prove that I can manage this. But then all of a sudden, all these amazing perks started happening. I started sleeping better. I stopped waking up in the middle of the night at 3 a.m. having panic attacks, which was starting to become this normal thing, mm. laying in bed, just slowly freaking out about the next day's activities, which were normal everyday activities, and then not able to get back to sleep. And also feeling overwhelmed at 3 a.m. because, oh my God, I drank again. And I'm why do I keep doing this? And so that went away. And I was like, well, that's an amazing perk sleeping through the night. I stopped freaking out about everyday things. I started realizing I was so much more in control of my life without alcohol. And it was just an amazing shift. So then I started helping friends just saying, hey, who wants to do a sober October challenge with me? That was where it all initially started. And I had a group of 30 people hop into a Facebook group with me where we just checked in each day. It was really fun and I loved it. And I loved watching other people experience those same changes I experienced. And then it slowly morphed into me sharing my journey being alcohol-free on social media and sharing it online as much as I could because I started realizing I didn't have anyone sharing these stories. I didn't ever see anybody talking about this on social media. I didn't see somebody saying, you know, my drinking was slowly growing out of control. I couldn't find an option that was right for me. I didn't feel like AA was the right fit for me. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if I should quit drinking forever. And what did that look like? So I started being that voice for people that were just like me four years ago. And it's grown into an amazing business called No More Wasted Days, where I help people go through a 30-day alcohol-free challenge as their kickstart into an alcohol-free life. And it's amazing watching other people experience the same changes I experienced and more. So that's just a little, a little peek into what I do and a little bit into my life. Yeah, fantastic. It's really interesting. And, you know, such an important topic um, to to discuss, I think, because, you know, certainly in my my own experience, you know, alcohol, uh, particularly in the past, you know, uh, for me was was definitely something that made my anxiety and struggles with OCD a lot, lot worse. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I think 
it's the case for a lot of people a lot of people um you know like you just said don't even really think about uh alcohol <laughs> yeah and, and and you know it's like you know where's my anxiety coming from is it coming from this or that or stress or this person this relationship and we we tend to forget this big elephant in the room that you know this uh this substance which dramatically influences the chemicals in our brain you know yeah. how we feel about ourselves um can be very self-destructive if we're not careful um you know we we tend to ignore it so yeah i think it's uh you know it's a really important thing and it's great that you're you know you're working in that area so i'd like to find out a little bit more then about kind of what 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 made you kind of want to to quit and also you know obviously it's quite interesting that you and your husband decided to do that together could you tell us a yeah. little bit more about that well we were each other's drinking buddies so we just that was it was a huge foundation of our relationship i hate saying that now being so much farther along but drinking was what we did together and it has was what we had done together forever from dating to marriage to just our relationship evolving. But we both kind of had this, this thing every time we'd be drinking, sitting around the fire, drinking too much, where we'd start, one of us would always say, I think I'm drinking too much. I think I need to quit. And then it was just kind of, but it would always happen when we were drinking, which when I talk to people, they say, yeah, that's when it was happening for me too. But it's just like, we both kind of kept going back and forth on like, I need, I think we need a break. I think we should, I think I need to quit. Should I just quit? Do I have a do I have a problem? Like, but neither of us doing anything about it. And then the next day, you don't really remember that deep conversation you were having when you were drinking. And it just kind of brush it under the rug. No big deal. I'll get control of that later. And finally, my husband was like, I I'm gonna, I think I'm quitting. Like he was very cut and dry. I think I'm gonna quit drinking. And I was, I just felt like I I it just was like earth shaking for me. I was trying to find the words to describe that, but I was really shocked because I didn't want to quit. I was kind of like, I know I've talked about it, but that's not my plan. And what, what does that do for us? What does that do for me? Do I keep drinking? Do I support you? And finally I was like, you know what? I'll go 30 days. I'll make a deal with myself that I can do 30 days. And quite honestly, I didn't, I thought it was going to last seven days. <laughs> and, but somehow we did it together. We both just really linked arms and knew we weren't going to let each other down. And as the days went on in that 30 days, even I knew I was going to go past 30 because the perks were so amazing. Mm. It was just, it was just too good to go back to the life I used to have. Mm, absolutely. Okay. Well, that's really interesting. Uh, and, uh, yeah, quite inspiring that you, you did it together, which is, uh, yeah, really cool. Um, okay. And so, in terms of uh, your your anxiety, you mentioned there, you know, some of the benefits and also at the start, you were talking about when you were drinking, uh, you know, that, that you were experiencing quite a lot of anxiety, waking up at three in the morning with with panic. Um, yeah. What's the correlation then between between alcohol and anxiety? Because it does seem to make it worse, no? So as I've gone farther into figuring out like, why was this happening? What's, what's, what's going on in your brain when this is all happening? And the research I've found is that it's a huge dopamine boost for us and the alcohol, and it gives us that huge dopamine boost, super hardcore, and then it crashes. Mm -hmm. So then we're kind of going back, trying to find those hits of dopamine 
by drinking more and it doesn't work. And it's just getting your whole hormone system totally out of whack. Mm. And I think that that was my main thing. It was just throwing all of my hormones off balance and my body couldn't produce it in a natural and healthy way anymore. And it was just looking to all of these things in alcohol. So when I finally ditched alcohol, those dopamine levels started coming back to normal baseline. And it was, it was so much easier to just sleep and live and function because all of my other things that work in the background were working less than they're supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. And, uh, yeah, I I definitely have noticed that uh, myself. Um, yeah, when I, when I used to drink, um, a little bit too much back in the day, um, I used to find that, you know, not only sometimes would it be the next day that I would have more anxiety. I mean, that's, that's quite a common one. People often talk about anxiety, um, yes. you know, having the hangover and, and getting lost in ruminations and difficult thoughts. And if you have OCD, you know, it's much more likely the next day that you're going to obsess about things and you're going to find it harder to let go of obsessions. But I would even notice sometimes, depending on what mood I was in, you know, that I was, I would have a few drinks to try to relax or whatever, enjoy, enjoy uh, an evening out with people or, and actually it would give me tunnel vision on whatever mm-hmm. obsession that I was kind of thinking about. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I wouldn't be able to, to think about anything else. And actually, you know, what maybe was a, a minor obsession could easily become something that was a lot worse. And, you know, that was purely down to, to drinking on those occasions where I was feeling a bit anxious to start with, perhaps. And alcohol yeah. does seem to do that. It does seem to enhance whatever emotional state you already have. Um mm-hmm you know, it really, really wasn't very helpful at all. Um, yeah, but could, have you had experiences like that where you've, alcohol has actually Not, made things a lot worse? I feel like when I was drinking, it always put me into this place of like, everything's going to be okay. But mm-hmm. the next day, it's like all the problems are still there. And now they're amplified by a hangover. Mm-hmm. And I totally understand what you're saying about even into the next day. And it's funny, I had never heard the word anxiety until I quit drinking. And I was like, that's what it was. Like the thoughts that I would get wrapped up in were ridiculous the next day. I would get wrapped up in thoughts of like, oh, what's it going to be like when I die? (laughs) Like these deep thoughts. And I was just like, why am I thinking about this right now? Why am I so wrapped up in this thing that I have zero control over Mm. that it's like, it, and it's just like you, I would go to such a dark place. And then along with it would be the feelings of like, oh, you drank so much that you feel like crap today. You're such a loser. You keep doing this to yourself. So it's like, here I am having these deep, dark thoughts and then also hating myself at the same time. Yeah. And then just being in this circle, which would then usually lead to me going, I'll just drink again. And not even on this I don't even think I was drinking on this conscious level to make it stop. It was just kind of this habit level at that point. And I knew that drinking could take my hangover away. So I was like, well, I'll just drink again. And it would momentarily make it all go away. And then it's back up again and it's happening again. And it's just that cycle. And it is like, and I know what you're saying about the getting super focused on one thing when you're Mm -hmm. drinking. It's just kind of that focused obsession. I work with Mm -hmm. people who say, 
you know, it was the way I got myself to clean my house. It was the way I got myself to do this little task because I could get so focused on it then, which is always hard because then you're trying to retrain yourself to do those everyday tasks without that thing that you thought was a motivator, but probably was just making you go into this obsessive state. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And what you were saying there as well about dopamine, um, you know, obviously, uh, I think when people are struggling with anxiety problems, um, these high dopamine activities um, are even more persuasive, let's say, or, or mm-hmm. addictive. Um, yeah. Fortunately, it, it is the case that people who have uh, anxiety problems are more likely also to have addiction problems. Um, you know, generally are more prone to these these dopamine dopaminergic is that correct dopamine dopaminergic uh, um, things like drugs, alcohol, um, mm-hmm. even you know uh, doom scrolling or video games, like anything like this, anything that's potentially uh, addictive in in some way. Um, I mean, I do uh, the Wim Hof method, interestingly, uh, and you get. A uh, do you know the Wim Hof method by ice baths and this kind of stuff? So it's just doing cold exposure. Uh, and when you do oh, okay. cold exposure, it's like you get a big dopamine uh, rush mm-hmm. as well, but it's in a much healthier way because it's it's a, a long lasting effect. It's not this um, as you were talking about this massive hit of dopamine and then a huge crash um, yeah. where you feel awful afterwards. But um, yeah, there's perhaps healthier ways to get that that um, that dopamine hit that you're looking for. Um, well, that's okay. one thing I talk about a lot. Sorry, I jumped right over you, but that was one thing I yeah. talk about with because I love the topic of dopamine. Kind of comes up a lot because yeah, I think nobody it, it's not talked about in normal everyday life, right? When you're drinking, nobody's saying like, "Do you know you get the buzz because your dopamine levels go up?" Mm. But then when you quit, you're trying to replace that buzz somehow. And you're like, well, what can I do that will give me that? And that's something we talk about a lot is, you know, adding in things like meditation, Mm. daily exercise, just listening Mm. to music, just getting outside, really Mm. simple things that give you that even keel of dopamine, Mm. the the right amount. And it helps your dopamine receptors do their job in the right way. And I think Mm. sometimes just having that knowledge. And like you were saying, too, people with anxiety tend to gravitate towards those more addictive type things. I've noticed that in myself as I quit, it was like, well, then what do I do now? Well, let's eat sugar. Let's, let's scroll. Let's, it's all those different things that you can get yourself wrapped into. And I think we're all looking for a quick fix to fix our anxiety. But when you can take the time to dig deep and start doing the work and the daily ice baths and those things that don't sound quite as fun don't but sound that appealing so much all. better i was gonna yeah. say the ice bath doesn't sound fun <laughs> to me at all but I, a lot of people swear by it so yeah 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 well each to their own but yeah it's uh it's amazing there's lots of different things out there that can be beneficial um i think one of the problems though i'd like to know your opinion on this is um you know for for a lot of people i guess the idea of not drinking anymore if it's something that they've done for a long time and like you were saying with in your relationship for example it's Mm -hmm. something that you've always done together um how do you how do you support people um when they're they're doing this 30 day you know no alcohol 
uh, thing to I know you just mentioned there healthier ways of getting their, their yeah. dopamine but it's it's hard now because if if they if people are getting their excitement in life oh yeah from alcohol from I guess alcohol I, where do you find it yeah I guess a lot of people have that concern no of like well life's going to be so boring <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> I feel like that's the number one thing people say to me but if I quit drinking it's going to be so boring and it's funny because when you get to the other side you see like oh no it's it's really good mm. and you don't go through life with beer goggles on anymore you get to live life in high definition and just feel amazing but that is really hard to see when you're sitting on the side of this is all I do. And all I did for fun was drink. Like when I, when I had finished my drinking days, I was really like, wow, that had become my only hobby, which is strange because I'm a really active person. I have a lot of hobbies and a lot of interests. So it was just really overwhelming to go, well, what do I do now? And that's one thing I talk about a ton with my clients. Like, let's make a list of boring things you can do, like cleaning up your house and the little normal to do's, but have normally gotten backed up anyway. So and find things that are like five minute wins, like cleaning out a junk drawer really quick, just because that even gives you a dopamine boost. And then we talk about that too. But it's also starting to find things that you actually enjoy doing and trying on different hobbies and different activities and seeing how you like them. And just navigating this new way of finding your new, new alcohol-free self and being really empowered by the journey as well. Yeah, absolutely. I really agree with everything you've just said there. It's it's perhaps no like finding more meaning in in the more it sounds boring, but the more mundane yeah. activities and the general things that need to be done in life. Actually, you can get more out of those things if you pay attention to them more, if you're more mindful and purposeful mm -hmm. uh, whilst you're doing them. And, you know, they, they may seem like kind of uh, uninteresting activities, but like you say, interestingly, they can give you that dopamine hit, but in a natural yeah. way, in a kind of, you know, more sustainable way, rather than getting this roller coaster effect of dopamine, um, you know, which doesn't actually do us many favors at all. And quite the opposite, you know, when we're on that, that dopamine roller coaster and we're constantly chasing the uh the buzz and the high we tend to uh you know we tend to be really uh really struggling because we can never keep that dopamine where we want it to be um you know for an indefinite period of time you're always going to get that crash and i think one of the issues is as well that if you do go really high uh you get really drunk unfortunately when you go into the kind of the negative the deficit you go like uh kind of twice or three times lower than than how high you went yeah and it's that constant um you're searching for this thing to elevate your life and actually it's stealing from your future life over and over and over mm. and until you can kind of catch yourself seeing that or just start experiencing life without a hangover and life without the energy suck that alcohol takes from us. It's just so hard to believe that it's actually possible, but mm. it is just, I had lost my train of thought just a little bit there, but it is kind of just amazing what can happen when you start really searching for who you authentically are, what authentically brings you joy, not a substance, 
and how you can keep boosting those levels in a natural way to start mm -hmm. supporting yourself. And it's funny because as I've quit drinking, or it's interesting, as I've quit drinking, I've noticed too, like caffeine will spike my my anxiety. And it's funny because I used caffeine to cure a hangover, which then would probably just drive that anxiety thing. Not enough sleep will spike my anxiety. So when you take away one thing, you're able to start seeing even finer nuances that are really inhibiting you or just stealing that focus from you that you're desiring or that sense of calm that you're desiring. Mm, absolutely. Okay. Very interesting. Um, and generally speaking, so you obviously you do this uh, 30 day thing. Um, and after 30 days, then do people generally tend to, you know, have already kind of developed a different relationship with alcohol? What what tends to happen? And, and how difficult is it for people if people are interested? How difficult is it to do this 30 days? Do you think? It's interesting because everybody comes into it from different levels, obviously. And I always tell people, you know, don't think that I tried 30 days and it just worked instantly and it was the winner. It, like I had tried it so many times in different ways and failed. And sometimes that's just part of the learning process. So we definitely have a lot of people come through the challenge who have a lot of day one repeats. And our big motto is, you know, you haven't failed until you quit trying. So if it's really important to you, you just keep coming back. And you keep learning about what triggered you to drink, what was happening in your life, how can you start fixing, not fixing those things earlier on, but almost seeing them going creeping into your life and going, oh, that's going to be something that's going to push me to drink later on today. I need to take care of it right now. So we do a lot of work with people. We have an online community, an online message thread where people can check on every single day. And I'm there with just a daily tip. But beyond that daily tip, I'm also there just saying, oh, well, if you want to drink, well, let's walk through it. What are some steps to walk through it? So everybody's getting benefited through just me helping somebody or even other people in the group helping each other. So it's really cool to see maybe the 30 days don't stick right away, but I feel like they eventually stick as long as you're not giving up on the process. And I yeah. do believe that most people that hit those 30 days keep going it feels so good and mm. you start to realize that there's less thinking about drinking which is really empowering when you're like i used to think about drinking all the time planning for drinking how much would i drink how would i control my drinking should i drink today like all these background thoughts and i think when people realize that those are gone after 30 days they're like i want more of that it's almost yeah. like people get addicted to the good feeling so yeah. but i have a lot of people in my community who are almost about to hit three years or have hit two years and we're moving into that six month mark so everybody's at different spots but it all kind of starts with that 30-day push at the beginning okay okay and so for for people who who are listening who are perhaps you know uncertain about whether their drinking is problematic or if it's uh you know if it's really impacting them and their anxiety um you know what would you tell them? Like, when, when, when is it a good time? Is it always a good time, perhaps, to, <laughs> to stop I drinking? I feel like it's always a good time. I didn't feel like that when I was stuck in the wondering. I always tell people, if you're questioning it, then that's your sign. If you're, I always tell people that I was Googling, am I an alcoholic? How do you know if you're an alcoholic? And Google should work it into their system that when somebody's typing that in, they just go, 
this is your sign. It's probably time to take a break. Like mm-hmm. the moment you start questioning it really is the moment it's time to go, okay, well, what can I do? And the reason I start with 30 days with people is because forever feels really overwhelming. And when you're really connected to something, when something's become so much of a habit, to say forever feels way too overwhelming and can lead to failure right out of the gate. But those 30 days gives you your first win, especially mm-hmm. if you can do it with somebody guiding you and holding holding your online hand through it. <laughs> Absolutely. Just helping you get there. Yeah. yeah. I think 30 days is a really good, really good place to start. I did a, a year off alcohol a few years ago and uh, ended up what well, ended up being more like 15 months or something like that. Um, I did come back to it in the end. Um, but thankfully, you know, I, I drink a lot less these days. Um, but yeah, I, I still I still see the benefit, I think, in in, you know, not drinking at all, maybe at some point in the future. Uh, I would like to to do that because yeah, I think one of the the benefits, particularly for for people who do struggle with anxiety problems, um, is that you're you're left with your emotional states. You're no longer numbing um, yourself, mm-hmm. and you know the one of the great things about that. And it's obviously going to be challenging. However, one of the great things is that you can learn to to fully own those states, to to really um, allow yourself to feel rather than push things away. Um, is is that something that you found yourself to be? To be oh better? yeah, yeah, yes. And we talk about too, like this is it, it's really overwhelming when you start to have to feel the heavy feelings. Mm. And how do you navigate them? And how do you how do you get through them? Because really, the only way to heal them is to go through them, experience them, start realizing why they're there. And then you can start figuring out how you're going to fix them. And I always tell people too, you know, one of the benefits is you're no longer numbing the good feelings, you get to start really feeling the good feelings intensely. So when you're having to navigate those bad feelings, it's kind of like, well, this is just something that if I can get through it, I can get to more of those good feelings. Mm-hmm. And that was, I feel like that happened to me more on, you ride something called the pink cloud for quite a while when you quit drinking and you're just stuck in this, like everything is awesome and everything feels so great. And I told myself I would ride that thing as long as I could. I was like, I, I don't care if people say this is going to go away. I don't believe them. I'm going to ride it forever. And yeah. while I still feel it, I'm definitely not riding where I was in the first year. And probably about six months is when I started going, gosh, I just feel, I feel sad. I feel anger. I feel like starting, but I was able to start naming my emotions, which at 40 years old, I wasn't doing anymore. I feel like we teach kids to do that, but then we forget to do it as adults. And while I was learning to feel these feelings, I had to start naming them and feel what they felt like in my body and then start learning how, how I could process them for myself which when I was drinking, drinking was the way I processed them, but it didn't, it just left them really stuck in me. So mm-hmm. I think too, a lot of times people find that there's a lot of feelings that are about to come in out because you've pushed them way down with a lot of alcohol mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you do start feeling them. But I have found the experience to be way more beneficial than just letting them sit there, just letting them fester. So even though it's mm. super hard and it's super uncomfortable, it is 
so worth it. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's definitely a strong correlation there, I think, with alcohol. We were talking about this um, before we started the, the podcast, but, you know, between alcohol and, and OCD, um, you know, because actually with with compulsions, effectively, what you're doing is trying to to push away uh, the negative emotions that often anxiety, but often yeah. other emotions as well. And, you know, you don't want to feel them. You've developed this uh, this habit um you know or you know sometimes it's even you could say it's a kind of almost a skill because maybe at some point in your life uh the emotions were so strong that you needed to push them away you needed to push them down um you know maybe that's where this habit you know came from but you know often in in most cases you know that habit is 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 not serving you anymore um and you know one of the big problems of OCD is actually letting go of that habit because it's you know as as I say it maybe at some point it was helping you and stopping you from feeling these difficult emotions um but yeah to let go of that to let go of something that perhaps you've been doing for such a long time you know and to actually feel those emotions I mean it's tough it's uh, yeah it's oh, a yeah. really worthwhile thing to do and it's amazing and, and like you say it's like uh, uh an experience I certainly went through that when I did did that kind of 15 months without drinking I I remember you know different stages of it where certain memories would come back to me about when I was drinking or you know certain mm-hmm. reflections would suddenly just appear like you know realizations of why alcohol was not serving me and and you know the traps that I was getting stuck in with it um but yeah I think people go through a similar thing with OCD when they stop um when they stop doing compulsions as much there's a kind yeah. of with, withdrawal um, oh yeah <laughs> where you're like I could you want to go back to the old see that yeah the safe behavior is that is that yeah. something that people struggle with as well when, when they're obviously I'm sure they do but you know oh, when they're yeah. when they're when they're you know giving up for this 30 days there's the Feeling. physical withdrawal no but that that lasts for a shorter time than than the mental yeah, like withdrawal. a week if it's yeah yeah and a lot of times the people are so afraid of the physical withdrawal because they've heard you know horror stories and nobody's out there talking about the emotional healing that's going to take place Mm. and that it's not all you know crystals and incense and this (laughs) affirmation cards and beautiful things which are amazing and I like I'm very into a a lot of those things but it's also having to just sit in those fields and and understand that it's okay and understand that it's okay to have a day where you're off and it's okay to have a day where you're riding the wave really high and it's and you start just navigating and I have become so proud of myself for like you know starting to talk to my husband more openly about the little things that I used to not bring up because I could just drink and not have to deal with it and then it could avoid having a having a face-to-face talk about something that could be potentially uncomfortable and now I'm just kind of like you know what if we just deal with it right now we can move through it Mm. (laughs) it'll it'll be be done and passed and easy and I feel like so much of that has been because I've had to learn how to feel all of these feelings without finding a way to numb them or finding a way to run away from them and I definitely think when people are 
dealing with anything where you're taking away a compulsion or a habit and it's not serving you anymore, you're going to feel that that sadness or that want to run back to it if you mm. if you can because yeah. it's easier for our body to just be in the the hell that it knows like it's it's so strange that our body is actually like you know what i know what that is and i don't know what's happening on the other side of this so i don't know if i want to go there but yeah. it really is if you yeah. if you go there that's where the amazing things start to happen. That's where you start to go, okay, I did it. <laughs> I proved to myself yeah. I can get through being angry and get to the other side without drinking or without moving through my compulsion. It's just a, it's a really cool thing when you start to trust yourself that you can move through it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So often we're like, we're more comfortable with the devil we know, the familiar and uh it's hard to do that but yeah I, I think like you just say when you do do it when you're able to push yourself um you know and, and you start with a small step like you've just said there you know take on a 30-day challenge um see if you can push through that discomfort that anxiety those yeah. difficult emotions and you come out the other end and you've got that new confidence of hey I did that well what else can I do now what's next yeah. And I feel like that's something I see a lot of people do. They get past alcohol and they're kind of like, okay, I did this. I proved to myself I can do this. Now I'm going to tackle this. We have people finally, finally call a therapist and finally say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to finally take on my mental health the way I need to and support myself in the ways that I didn't do when I was drinking or even taking care of yourself physically, making those physical checkups with the doctor or taking on an exercise program or eating healthy, or we have one community member who's dead set on getting caffeine down to zero by the end of this year. And he's kind of like, you know, I know I can do it. I've quit my vape pen. I've quit my alcohol. Now it's time to tackle this last thing that I know is no longer serving me. And I think it's really cool when you flex that, flex that muscle of showing yourself you can ditch a habit and you can create new ones. Mm. And it's, it's really empowering when you lean into it. It feels scary at first, but yeah. if you keep your eye on the side of that other side, it really is amazing what can happen. Yeah, I've just reduced actually my uh, caffeine intake um, or coffee intake and have replaced it with something very English, which is more, more like English tea with, with milk, like black tea with milk, uh, which doesn't have uh, nowhere near as much caffeine in it yeah um you know and so it's great because in the afternoon you don't you don't get as much of a, a crash you know which yeah you, you don't have the crash yep yeah and I get to feel very British as I sit there and drink my nice cup of tea um <laughs> uh okay if you uh if you only had one piece of advice for people and put you on the spot here um who who might be struggling with with uh anxiety uh, perhaps, you know, they're, they're, they also, you know, drink uh, sometimes to, to help them deal with that. What would the advice be? That's, it's a tough question. I feel like I have so many things I want to say, but I'm like, okay, if somebody were to ask me, I think I would tell them to analyze if drinking is actually helping to solve the anxiety or if it's just masking it temporarily. Mm. And say, okay, when I drink, is it really fixing the problem? Or am I waking up the next day realizing problem's still there, I fixed nothing, and now it feels more intense? Mm. Because I think if you can answer that question really honestly, 
you're going to answer. It's still there. It's still super intense. So then what do you have to lose by trying to do it without alcohol? What if you try it without alcohol and you learn you can move through it and actually make yourself live in a place where you're feeling more calm and at at peace? Absolutely. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, fantastic. Sarah, if people want to know more about you and, um, you know, your, your work and what you do, what can they, how can they find out about you? Um, you can check me out at my blog, which is no more wasted days.co. And then beyond that, I'm on Instagram and TikTok, And both of those are no underscore more underscore wasted underscore days. So no more wasted days with an underscore underneath each one. Fantastic. And uh, you can find that as well in the show notes. Um, okay, well, Sarah, thank you so much. It's been great talking to you. I think it's a, it's a really important topic. So yeah, I've had a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Just a quick reminder that if you want to get a free session, all you need to do to get that is to head over to my website www.robertjamescoaching.com and there you can leave me a message and we can arrange the uh, free session and now just a quick reminder of my disclaimer any information that you view on my website instagram page facebook group or anywhere else online or any information that you listen to on the podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for actual medical or mental health advice from a doctor, psychologist, or any other medical or mental health professional.